This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. Last July 14, the French celebrated Bastille Day, opened by the usual grand military parade. A few days before that, there was another great French celebration, not in France, or even in a former French colony, but at the CCP. Returning to the helm of the Philippine Philharmonic Orchestra, Michael Cousteau conducted a friendship concert celebrating 75 years of Filipino-French diplomatic and cultural relations. The event was mounted by the French Embassy to the Philippines in Micronesia, the National Commission for Culture and the Arts, and the Cultural Center of the Philippines. As a diplomatic concert, it presented works by Camille Saint-Saëns, Claude Debussy, and Maurice Ravel arguably the three most famous French composers, all of whom wrote their masterpieces within decades of one another. Today we listen to an excerpt from that Friendship concert and spend time with Maestro Cousteau to talk about the music he conducted and the process of building a diplomatic program for an audience that, after years of music sharing, he already knows so well. Before that, Martin Magalintal, audiovisual attaché at the embassy, gives us an overview of the surprisingly long friendship between France and the Philippines. celebrating 75 years of diplomatic relations between France and the Philippines because the Treaty of Amity was signed in June 1947. There's a want, not just a need, there's a want to celebrate that. The presence of France in the Philippines, like maybe in the rest of the world, is very cultural in nature. The image of France is carried by culture, by the arts. In fact, when the French ambassador met with the Foreign Affairs Secretary, to discuss how we could celebrate the 75th anniversary. So initially, they were thinking of having a big event on June 26, 2022, a one-day event, you know, the typical cocktails and anything else that could happen. You know, there's so much talent in the Philippines, in music, in the visual arts, in dance, in theater, in cinema, and we can't squeeze all that in into one day. So we ended up, starting to plan different events, a concert here. Of course, we would include a fashion show at some point. We would have a gastronomic event at another. So in the end, we said, okay, uh, we have so many things to do. So let's have at least a half a year celebration. Also in consideration of still the pandemic, there could be lockdown in the beginning of the year. So let's plan after the second half of the year. So that's why we're looking forward to A lot of sleepless nights for me and the staff in the embassy for the rest of the year, so we can plan a lot of things. Obviously, looking at the history of the Philippines and the Illustrados, this dates way back beyond the 75 years. There has always been an attraction for France. 
our Philippine national hero himself lived in Paris, wrote parts of the Noli in Paris, he definitely was inspired by the democratic ideas or values of the French Republic, of the French Revolution. The ideas from Diderot, from the philosophes in France, they all were part of the themes of the many writings of José Rizal. We know that painters like Resurrection Hidalgo or Juan Luna also worked and gained recognition in France. France is an artistic pole that attracts thinkers, creators. Since the signing of the Treaty of Friendship, which basically established diplomatic relations, cooperation became institutionalized. From what I know, 1978 was the year that a cultural cooperation agreement was signed between France and the Philippines, which then facilitated exchanges, trainings, providing scholarships to France, for Filipinos to study there, and so on and so forth. At least in the last 20 years, I have seen the growth of exchanges between France and the Philippines. More and more students are learning French as mm. a language. That's yeah. one. I don't have the statistics with me, but I know that there's a growing figure of people enrolling at Alliance Française. There is a growing number also of Filipinos going for graduate studies in France. As far as the concert is concerned, Maestro Michael Cousteau has been coming back to the Philippines. This is, in fact, his fourth visit to the country to collaborate with the Filipino musicians. And in the course of the days that we would spend together, he would always express an admiration for, one, the talent of the Filipino musicians, their professionalism. But I think more importantly, he was sensitive to the willingness of the Filipino musician to learn, to take criticisms, to take advice, judgments, characteristics which are not always present in other cultures. That's why he's been coming back. He has a great time. Maestro came to Manila in 2019. He really had a great time. So he said, Martin, let's do something next year. Yes, we wanted for Saint-Sens, you remember. For Saint-Sens, yes. But then lockdown came, pandemic happened, and we had to postpone from 2020. Okay, maybe 2021, we can do something. But still, on and off lockdowns. So finally, we decided that hit or miss, we have to celebrate the 75th anniversary. So we finalized everything and we got back to our partners in PPO, in the Cultural Center of the Philippines, with NCCA. It's a standalone concert. It's not part of the season of the PPO. But then we gathered our resources together. It became a real cooperation between the French embassy and the Philippine authorities, like CCP and NCCA in particular, because we wanted to offer a friendship concert. The CCP actually insisted that we don't sell tickets. It has to be free. We were touched to see that CCP was offering to shoulder costs so that this concert could be made available for as wide an audience as possible. NCCA came in to cover the other costs. As Embassy of France, we were covering all the costs directly related to the French element in the program, which is the maestro. And the title, French ship, it's something that we in the embassy would not think of, but then CCP suggested it. I forwarded the message to the ambassador. It's like, oh, it's perfect. Then Pinoy, I just easily say it's too Pinoy, but it works. Yeah. It works. It was the first concert after two empty seasons. When the last time I came, it was the last normal season. 
So I think it's amazing to think that, okay, the PPO, it's a very important institution in Philippines. And the fact that the first concert after two no season with audience in normal condition were co-organized by the French embassy. Years ago, I won a competition, un chef and orchestra, a conductor and orchestra, and it was organized by the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs. We speak about cultural diplomacy. So the Minister of Foreign Affairs in France have a very strong network with the Alliance Française, with the Institut Français, in order to develop French culture and cultural exchange. So when I was a young conductor, I won this competition, and I begin to be invited to foreign orchestras with the help of the French embassies to build French musical program. And it's a way to develop the cultural relationship between two countries. For example, when I came in 2009, I made a piano concerto with Raoul Sonico, the great Filipino soloist. When I came in 2012, we worked with 10 Filipino singers, with also a stage director and a vocal coach who came from France with me. You see, some singers had a grant to go to France and to work one year with the vocal teachers. And also, when I came in 2019, I made a lecture in the Alliance Française on topics connected with the musical program I conducted, and I made uh, conducting masterclasses at the Santo Thomas University. So you see, it's really a way to share a lot of things, not only a concert. You are involved in quite a few foreign concerts. Does this take up a large part of your conducting career, diplomatically representing France, as it were? Yes, quite a lot. I went maybe 10 times to China, for example, a lot in Asia. Yes, quite a lot. There is a very, very, very interesting program in France, which is a crossover year. It's very exciting because you have to invent musical programs which are connected with the link of the two countries. So this is also a part of my activity. And I must say that I'm fond to imagine things which make the audience more clever. I think it's more exciting than to make, let's say, a Mozart Ouverture or Rachmaninoff Piano Concerto or a Beethoven Symphony. It's okay. I mean, it's beautiful music, no problem. But if you can make music which is connected, it's even better. On the fourth time I came with the Philippine Philharmonic Orchestra, was a program at its own logic. You see what I mean? To answer to your question, I go a lot outside France, and each time it's very special because, I mean, you arrive Monday, so it's the first with an orchestra you don't know. So it can be in Portugal, but it can be in China, whatever, in Indonesia, whatever. On Friday is a concert. It's a very short time to be connected with orchestra to find the keys. Because the keys is not only technical or musical, it's also psychologically, it's also culturally. For example, in Asia, sometimes the eye contact is very, very important as a conductor. Or the face. In the face, you see if the musician understands what you say. But for example, in some countries in Asia, the musician doesn't look really to your eyes because it's not maybe polite, or I don't know. And the body can be very calm. So you really have to catch the way of playing if they understood what you asked. But it won't be so obvious. The Philippines is very European in this way, very direct, very easygoing, and it's very, very easy to communicate. I feel like at home. How did you build this program for a Filipino audience? First, there was a very basic thing that it was the first post-COVID concert. So with Martin, you, we know that we couldn't make a concert with 80 musicians. We were clever because, for example, during the two first rehearsals, some musicians couldn't be there because they were tested positive. So we wanted to make great French music with more or less 60 musicians. I'm not going into 80 or 100 musicians. In the 
post-romantic French music, a lot of Debussy or Ravel pieces ask a huge orchestra. So the choice were a little bit limited into French music. So, okay, it's not very artistic, it's just uh, practical. So this was one point. Then I wanted to share with the audience three types of French music. Saint-Saëns, also he composed in 1880 and so on, is a very romantic and quasi-classical composer. I mean, you are not lost. It's a music where you feel very, very romantic. You understand where you are. Okay, this is a second theme when you come back. Okay, so the cello concerto is an absolute hit. It's not very difficult. We don't need a big orchestra. It's an absolute masterpiece. A lot of cellists know it. Then I wanted to introduce the concert with a revolutionary and incredible piece, which is the prelude à la première danse. It's difficult to imagine that the prelude was written the same year as the Tchaikovsky Pathetic Symphony or Dvorak New World Symphony. When you hear it, it's so modern. I mean, it's very common to say that with the prelude à la première d'infone, Debussy opened the world of modernity. It was obvious. They played it for the first time. It was on the poem, you know, of Malarmé. They asked it to play it again at the concert. And everybody said, wow, it's a new form. What's happening? Because the way is dealing with time, the absolute liberty. And you know, also as a conductor, as an artist, it's a piece that you never did the same. It's so connected with the solo, with time, with the atmosphere. I conducted this piece, I don't know, 20 times with maybe uh, 10 different orchestras. And each time I do something else, I don't know, maybe it's one of my favorite pieces. It's amazing. It's magic, pure magic. So, and it's a prelude. So you can do it only on the beginning of the concert. Then the second part, I wanted the French orchestration, which need normally a big orchestra. This is typical from French. And Ravel, Mamerlois, is amazing because it's not a big orchestra, but you hear that it's a big orchestra because he used technical system to make it sound like a big orchestra on the colors. So that's why I wanted Mamerlois. And also for another reason, is that normally you make the suite because Ravel wrote for two child of 10 years old or six years old, a little suite based on fairy tale. Then he make an orchestral version of the suite. And then he make a ballet with new music, with a story. And as a conductor, I conduct several times the suite on the ballet. And the suite is very hard. For the piano, it's okay, but for the orchestra, you begin in... It begins like this, very, very soft. And then it's a poor little thumb which is lost in the forest. And... In the ballet, there is connection between the number of the suite. So it's more organic. And it looks like a big symphony, finally. So I think it's a pity that we don't play more often the ballet. It's hard to get the parts. And probably it was the first time in the Philippines that we had the whole ballet. So we had the Debussy and the Saint-Saëns, which are hit. Then the ballet, which is less known as the suite. So it was a perfect balance. And also... Everybody says Debussy and Ravel is the two biggest composer of the beginning of the 20th century. But there is nothing in common, in fact. But it's another structure. Ravel is very classical. The structure of the sentences is very classical. And under, you've got chord, very strange chord, a very strange orchestration. Debussy, it's absolutely not classical. Everything is free. And he hated Beethoven, Debussy, you know, because for him, it was too organized. He wanted freedom, freedom, freedom. So in fact, with Debussy, Saint-Saëns, and Ravel, we've got really a beautiful panel of music, which was written more or less in the same period, in between uh, 1880 to 
to beginning of the 20th century. The turning point of the century was one of the golden age of French music.
the Philippine Philharmonic Orchestra under the baton of Michael Cousteau, brought to us Claude Debussy's Prélude à l'après-midi d'enfant. That performance opened the friendship concert mounted by the French Embassy, the CCP, and the NCCA last July 10. Telling us about that event were Maestro Cousteau and Martin Macalintal, audiovisual attaché at the Embassy of France to the Philippines and Micronesia. For more events celebrating the 75th anniversary of Philippine-French relations, visit ph.ambefrance.org. That's ph.ambefrance, A-M-B-A, France.org. It seems all is well. The date and venue had been set, and the program had been finalized. And yet, things took a sudden turn when the intended soloist for the Sansons Concerto fell ill. A replacement had to be found, and fast. Maestro Cousteau and Macalintal returned to join their new soloist on Part 2 of the Friendship Concert Feature on Maestro Filipino. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Monday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening.